Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope everyone is doing well today. Hallelujah. We have so much to be grateful for today. We woke up today. Amen. And I just want to start off with a scripture from Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to read from verses 1 through 8. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Amen. And it reads, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today, God. We just thank you, God, for your love, God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, my God. Father, we thank you for this day, this day, the breath of life, the day, the day that you allowed us to wake up today. Father, we're, we're grateful for this breath that we breathe today because it comes from you, God. We just say thank you, God. We say thank you, God, and we don't take it for granted, God. We thank you, God, for your, your love, God, that you demonstrated the best example of love when you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb, the one who went to the cross because he had an assignment based on what the his heavenly father gave him to go to the cross to take up our sins that we would not have to go. He is the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. And he is sinless. He was sinless. My God. Just think about that for a second, people of God. What Jesus did for everyone. He didn't do it for certain people. He didn't do it just for us in Calvary. He did it for the world. But it was not to condemn the world. 
but to save the world. Amen? And so Jesus, hallelujah, he's the best example, the best one. He said we were created in his image and likeness. So we are to walk with that same love, that unconditional love, the love that it comes from the Father, that we would never do it unless we're sitting in his presence. He walked with humility. He had the best and showed the best example of humility. When he washed his disciples' feet, he was a servant. Aside from how we know him and other characteristics, our God. But he was a servant. And he's calling us to be servants, humble servants, those who love, loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, but loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. People of God, it's time to stop the talk about we love. It's time to do action, show the love because Jesus did, and he continues to walk in compassion, mercy, grace, hallelujah. We're called to love our brothers and sisters. We're called to love others. We're called to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us brighter than ever in this dark place. People of God, the spirit of the Lord is speaking to us. It's time to change those mindsets that our minds would be on Christ Jesus and our hearts would be in alignment with the heart of the Father. Today, we self-examine our hearts. We're not going to God. God, I need this. I need that. God, what can we do for you today? What do you want, Father? as we humble ourselves. Humility is surrendering everything to God. That's what humility is. And Jesus is the best example. He's given us his word. He is the eternal word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What more do we need, people of God? So Father, I just say thank you today. Father, let the word fall on good soil. Father, touch our hearts today that our hearts would be more like Christ Jesus. Crucify the flesh in us, God, that Jesus, you would live inside of us and that we would be that light, that salt and light of the earth that you talk about in your word, God. Holy Spirit, help us, lead us, guide us, teach us how to do better each day. Teach us how to love others, God. Teach us not to judge, not to put down, not to degrade, God, but to love the brother or the sister right back in right relationship because this is about relationship. This is about communion. This is about fellowship. This is about being in the secret place. This is about letting God do what he needs to do in us so that we can come out of the secret place looking more like him, not like the world. So Father, I just say thank you today. And Father, we give you glory, God. We give you honor. We give you praise. 
do whatever you need to do today in us, God. Father, we bless the woman of God, Minister Jeanette Hall, that will bring forth the word. We bless the worship team. We bless every person in this place in the name of Jesus. Father, that we would not leave this place the same, God, in the name of Jesus, but we would leave taking the word and being obedient to what you're speaking by your spirit. And we say thank you today, my God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you're in agreement with what I pray, say amen. Amen, amen. amen people of God. Praise the Lord, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Why don't you take a second and turn to your sister, turn to your brother. Say good morning. Give him a hug. So this morning we're here to surrender our praise to the King of Glory. And although there are people standing on this platform with instruments in their hands and playing and singing in front of you, it doesn't mean that we are the only members of the worship team. Every single one of you is a worship team member this morning. You are not our audience. He is our, our audience singing unto him. Amen? This is participation time. We thank you, Lord.
your eyes, lift your hands. Give your worship to the King of glory in this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord most high.
your, rea your reality is a little bit different from everybody else's. Right? We live in a different reality than the rest of the world. Because every day we live our lives in expectation of a God that is coming back for us. We believe that Jesus is coming back. He promised us he would. And I've lived long enough to know that when God tells you something, when he says something's coming, we can bank on it.
Praise God. Amen. I love that color. That's a power color. Looks good on you. Yeah, yeah you're getting daring in your, in your older age. Jose has a beard, wearing yellow. I mean, white sneakers. I mean. All right, praise God. That's boldness. New year, new. I hear you. Praise God. It's good to see everyone. God bless you. And for those of you that are online, so the cold got to you, huh? He said it's too cold to go out. But yet Monday morning you'll be at work. <laughs> I'm just joking. Just joking. Not, um, I'm, just, I'm just joking. But uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate that you're on. We're together. We're fellowshipping. That's the most important thing, that we continue to fellowship. Fellowship is not a building. Fellowship is us gathering together. So whether we're here, whether we're in the homes, in a small group somewhere praying, uh, over the phone at 5.15 in the morning, interceding, and we're fellowshipping together. So, so it's good to see everyone. Praise God. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because as I speak to people, everybody has felt the pressure of the season. You can see there's a war going on. It's a different kind of war, but we are at war. All the systems are being warred over right now. Every system, educational, Hollywood, you know, academia, 
big tech, big pharma, there are people, there are globalists right now that are actually planning to, uh, it's almost like create a melting pot where there are no longer nations. It's just one nation and not under God. They want to redesign all of that. And so we're at war. We are actually at war. So you've been feeling that. Most people haven't been able to articulate it. But that's what you're feeling. It's a spirit of war, a time of war. But in all things we submit to God, we resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Amen. So part of the pressure we've been feeling, it's, it's basically your soul. Your soul, your will, your intellect, your thoughts. It's, it's caused you to say, what is going on? The things that I was used to, I can't trust in them anymore. Systems have shifted, and, and things that we've trusted in for so many years are just being taken away from us. See, so we have to, in this season, become very creative. 2023 is a year of creativity. The Spirit of God is releasing creativity. So you have to, first and foremost, acknowledge that you're not in the old season anymore. Things that worked for you in the past season are not going to work today. So you have to understand, God has, uh, right now, He's speaking. God is moving. Where is God? No, He's moving. He's active. We, we just need to, you know, attach with what the Spirit of God is saying. And then number two, we need to be creative. So we need to know how to get stuff, resources, from places where we never thought of getting resources from. They're there. And God has a very unique capacity. And there was a movie, the guy says, I have very particular skill sets. And I will find you. <laughs> I think that's Liam Neeson, right? Well, God is the ultimate resource expert. He knows exactly where everything is. He knows exactly even where the coin is. Remember Jesus? Yeah, they asked him, Jesus, we've got to pay taxes. Peter, go fishing. So he told him, go fishing. Go fishing. The first fish you catch, open up its mouth, you're going to find a coin. Go pay our taxes. Who thinks that way? God. Who thinks that way? God's children. Because we have the same DNA. I got no amens on that one. <laughs> so there's, there's been pressure to back down. Pressure to stop what God's calling us to do. Pressure to stop serving the Lord. How many of you felt that? Oh, man, it's, it's no use. I, I'll, I'll serve God from afar. I got no time anymore. I got no... No, no, what it is is your energy was zapped. You didn't catch it. You didn't realize it. And you, you're fighting now with your soul, which apart from God, you are no match for this war that's going on. You need God in this battle. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. You become extra sensitive to anything or anyone. That, that's part of the war. That's that, that extra sensitivity. Things that, oh, I don't know why. It, it used to not bother me before. But it's bothering you now. Pressure even to become disillusioned. We've got to be very careful and observe from where it comes. So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And in this year, 2023, in this first year where we're putting him first, where we're realigning ourselves back with God and his purposes, we realize that we can, in fact, do all things. And though all things there are all things that you've been called to do. I'm not called to do all things. I'm only to, I'm called to, to things that God has knit me to, created me for, uh, tapped me on the shoulder to do, right? So I don't have to worry about everything. 
I don't have to save the world. That's Jesus' job. But I am called to somebody. I am called to minister to a group. I'm uncle, I am called to minister to community. I am called to minister to family. Praise God. So this month is our cue to realign with God and his purposes. Say that to your neighbor. It's time to realign. That's right. It's time to realign. So this month, we put the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. In um, was it Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not worry. Who said that? Jesus himself. So don't worry. He tells us not to worry. Because worry carries in it a system that will ultimately get you defeated. So don't worry. Don't, don't, don't even say this. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. The world seeks for those things. That's what they want. They want money. They want homes. They want fame, fortune. They want to win the $1 billion lotto. <laughs> Anybody here? I've, I've thought about it. That machine was real close by. I walked by one. <laughs> and I kept on walking because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I kept on walking. But you know, there's an enticement there. There's an enticement there. But it's a lie. It's a deception. That's the problem. The best way to do it is save a little, bit by bit, every week. Save a little. Save a little. Put it in, in not in one, but seven or eight uh, different uh, bags or purses or and one of those will, yeah, one of those will prosper. But, you know, we, we get deceived. They promise you. How come is it that they have a billion dollars to give? Because we're giving it to them. The latest commercial I see on, on when I, I go to YouTube to look at some of the studies is gambling, online gambling. You don't even have to now go over there and go broke. You could go broke right online. <laughs> so that's what the Gentiles seek after. But your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He knows. doesn't take him by surprise. He knows these things. He said, but seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. That's not even the priority. The priority, God is saying, seek me. Be in my presence. In my presence, I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you understanding. I'll give you opportunities. I'll give you networks. I'll give you resources. Did he not say in Deuteronomy 8, I'm the one that gives you the power to acquire riches so that my covenant may be established. So for the Christian, the riches aren't to have a Ferrari. Although, okay, well, you know, if you want to have a Ferrari, it's up to you. You're the one that's got to pay the bill. But what I'm saying, it's not about that. For the Christian, it's for God's purposes. So ultimately, it's for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for discipling the nations. That's what that's all about. So when we think money, resources, partnerships, we're thinking, how can we translate that into getting somebody to know the goodness of God? That's the way we think. Praise God. So the spirit of generosity goes counter to the spirit of the world. Because what, what does the world think? I want money and I want fame so that people can respect me. But Jesus said, if you want to be great, serve. So our greatness comes from our ability to serve others. Right? The world says, oh, I reached this position. Now you got to respect me. Now I'm Mr. So-and-so. I'm Mrs. So-and-so. And I got the money. I got this. I got that. 
Well, that's not the kingdom of God. So we, we need to understand the spirit of generosity breaks the spirit of greed. Very pivotal. The spirit of generosity does various things. Not only does it break uh, the spirit of greed, but it reveals the love of God because God is generous. God is the most generous ever. That we say in Spanish, punto y coma. That's a little joke between us. No, think about it. God is the most generous, but that's his spirit. God is love. God is gracious. He's giving. Praise God. It resources the kingdom of God. It resources the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you know that while Jesus was preaching his earthly ministry, there were various women that would actually resource Jesus financially? Most people don't even know that. Where, where did he get the money? Why would he need a treasurer if he had no money? And watch this. He, not only did he have a treasurer, but the treasurer was stealing from him. If there's nothing, what are you stealing? Judas was stealing. So he had money. Where did he get the money? Well, yeah, the fish gave him a coin, but that's not where he got the majority. That's the miracle. Sometimes God gives you a miracle to initiate something in your life. But for the most part, relationships, opportunities will come to you. God gives you the power to acquire wealth, but that power means he gives you wisdom, understanding. He gives you connections. He gives you partnerships. He gives you strength to then be able to initiate the ideas and the concepts that he's given you. Hallelujah. So when we, we we're talking about this month and we're talking about the generosity, the spirit of generosity, it is the most contended for and it's part of the battle because this government, this system of leadership wants to take away from us, take away from the children, take away from the youth that, that, that spirit of entrepreneurship. Stay home, government will take care of you. Are you know many people have given up work? They're home anymore. They don't want to work because they're making more money collecting, you know, on the dole of the government than actually the job. So they're staying home. It's not that they're sick. It's not that, you know, maybe a single mother has three, four children and she had an unfortunate situation, so she needs help. I understand that. But if you're strong, you're able, and you're just home and say, hey, yeah, government's giving it to me, then there's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. Paul said it this way. He who doesn't work, let him not. So you know it. Yeah. See, so what's happening is God is raising up a people in the midst of all this warfare that are not uh, allowing themselves to be affected by it. Dusting themselves off. Do this with me. What are you doing? You're dusting off the thoughts, the mindsets of a past season. You're dusting off that attack that came at you and maybe sidelined you for a moment. You're dusting off the things that he threw at you. Why? Because the enemy understands that the spirit of generosity will reveal the grace of God in community. You don't have to say amen. Yeah, yeah, you guys are, you know, you're not very generous with your amens today. I'm talking about generosity. And meanwhile, I only get like half an amen from over there somewhere. I guess. But, I, but they're here, though. At least they're here. 
Even if you have a sleep, I appreciate the fact that you're here. Praise God. So as we consider this first part of the month, let's, let's consider how are we moving and what spirit are we moving? Are we moving in a spirit of, oh my God, I'm worried, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, or are we moving in a spirit of generosity and confidence in God and his ability? Are we moving in that understanding that we're seeking the kingdom of God first? All these things shall be added. So I'm not going to allow myself to worry. After all, my Lord Jesus told me not to worry. Did he not? Praise God. So this, this is just a, a counsel that uh, Pastor Victor gives you today to get you realigned and shaking you. He said, don't allow the spirit of the age. We are at war. So you feel that. So in war, you're not, at a, you're not in a spirit of ease. You're alert. At war, soldiers, they'll be in the foxhole. One soldier's looking this way. The other soldier's looking that way. And they're not relaxing. They're observing. And when one rests, the other one is up, watching, watching. At a moment's notice, they teach them. You hear something, alert, right away. They're taught to wake up right away because it's a spirit of war. It's a, or a time of war. We have to be the same way. They're extra sensitive with the ears. When you're hearing something, where does that come from? When an idea comes, where does that, where's that idea coming from? It's coming from a flesh? It's coming from the devil? When somebody tells you something, but they, remember Jesus? Peter comes up to him, no, it's not going to happen. Jesus turns around to look at him, I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, Satan. Was he speaking to Peter? He was speaking to the spirit that motivated Peter to say that. So you don't understand the things of God. So we need to be sensitive too. We have the same spirit, the spirit of Christ. So when people talk, I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing. I say, Father, what's, what's going on here? That's what we have to be. So, praise God. As part of our worship, let's all stand right now and let's allow that spirit of generosity to flow through us. And remember, he said, seek the kingdom first and all these things shall be added. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with my church family. Amen. So, Father, this moment we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, your love, your tender mercies. We thank you for your kindness, because you're kind, Heavenly Father. We, we love you. We so appreciate you. We're so grateful to you this moment. And we worship you with all that we are, all that we have. We worship you, Lord God, with our mouths, with our songs, with our hands, our feet. We worship you with our actions, my God. We worship you with our giving today. And we take that portion, Lord, that belongs to you, and we sow it into your kingdom. We pray, Lord God, that you uh, would even grant us supernatural opportunities to see what you're doing, to hear what you are saying, my God, to move in your will. And we thank you, Father, that you said, Lord God, that you're the one that gives us the power to acquire wealth so that your covenant may be established. So ultimately, we thank you that you provide for all of our need. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. So, Father, we thank you for the kingdom of God. Thank you that you have made us citizens of the kingdom of God. So, Father, we stand today as citizens of your kingdom. We, th we stand as your sons and daughters, O oh God. 
We give you the glory, all the glory, the honor and the praise. Thank you for meeting all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, Father, as we sow, Lord, the tithe and the offering in your presence, we thank you that you receive it through our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen and amen. For those of you that are online, you can conveniently give. Or you can go to calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org, and you can give there. We thank you and we appreciate it so very much. And we know you're home, but you're with us in the virtual sanctuary, so we do appreciate that you are attending today's service together with us. Praise God for that. God bless you. Let's receive instructions from the ushers now.
So on. Now you got it. So, Dios te bendiga. So anyhow, I'm up here. It's the beginning of the year. I want to inform. Mostly, this is about the men. We're going to have a fellowship next Saturday on Zoom, but before we get to that, we're going to have prayer Wednesday night, men's prayer. And since last year, we were very successful men, men attending. It's going to be on Zoom until 7.30 Wednesday night. Very successful. But we have to now up that. Whatever we were doing last year, we got to go better this year. All right? We can't stay the same. It was good last year, but last year is over. It's a new year. So men's prayer actually came about through our beloved brother, Minister Julio. He organized that. He set that up about four and a half years ago. And the purpose of the men's prayer was for men to bond together more spiritually, but also to stay more connected with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And also, the Bible says where there's two or more, there is God. So if there's ten, that means God's presence is even stronger. So men have been great. Men have been coming out. Men have been attending. We want to pick it up this year because we know that the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And our greatest weapon is prayer. Our greatest weapon is prayer. Also, we know that through prayer, we break down the strongholds in our life. And there's always a stronghold trying to get us one way or the other. So it's important, man, muy importante, that you come out this Wednesday at 7.30 on Zoom and attend that prayer. It's been very good, but we got to go up. So now, this Saturday, we have a men's fellowship on Zoom. We're doing a few on Zoom. We're going to move it up. Last year, the guys know, we did all sorts of things. Went bowling, went to cafes, came to the house. We did everything. But guess what? We want to go higher. So we intend to go higher. So we have a men's fellowship at 10 o'clock. And for the guys who are here for the first time, or the brothers who visit us, see myself or Deacon Renee in the back before you leave. We'll give you the information how to tap into that, all the information. So we'll have our Dr. Richie will be giving a word. He'll be sharing a word with us. We'll have praise and worship. We'll have a prayer call. We'll have fellowship. Okay, we, a lot of times when we're in the sanctuary, we have a breakfast or a lunch, which is always good. But this time it's more about just us starting the year of spiritually getting the connected strong. So men, I advise you strongly to attend Wednesday night's prayer at 7.30 on Zoom and Saturday morning's men's fellowship at 10 o'clock on Zoom. Anyone who don't have the information to do so, please see, Dr. Please see Dickie Renee in the back or myself before you leave. And I appreciate that. This year we want to go higher, so let's make sure we all attend. Thank you, men. God bless you. Elder, are you getting it? Pastor? Here comes our pastor, who we love and admire. Always good to hear from him. God bless you, Pastor. So, uh, you're not going to be preaching? All right. Don't ever tell, don't ever say negative to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll take out my calendar and I'll put you to preach next. <laughs> oh, 
No, we, 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 task, we task somebody else today to preach. Praise God. So the, the key is hope. Say with me, hope. hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith will give substance to something that's already in your heart. If it's not in your heart, how are you going to exercise your faith? So hope is a vital part of our faith. We, we need to hope in things that are tangible, things that are solid. Jesus said, if that person listens to my word, it'll be like a man building his house on the rock. See, so when we have hope in his word, we're building on the rock. Then our faith then can build substance based on rock, something that's solid. You know, the, the world today's thinking, uh, they're, fantasy, they're in fantasy land. They're in la-la land. No, serious. They've gone insane. Things that I'm hearing today, we've got to get back to hope in God's word. That's the only anchor. Everything else is sinking sand. Praise God. So today uh, we have uh, the pleasure. Minister Jeanette is going to share God's powerful word with us. And I'm really looking forward to hearing today's word because it's going to speak to us. So open up your spirits, those of you that are home. Put the coffee aside. If you're, cook if you're cooking, stop. It's not time to cook. Now it's time to focus on the word. Notice the word focus. If, you're, if you have the TV on, then you have your phone, then you have your laptop, and then you're doing things, and the kids are running around, it's hard to focus. So do what you can to focus on the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Amen? So let's all stand. Let's greet the woman of God as she comes and gets ready to preach the word. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I think it's safe to say that our hearts are ready. Um, we have entered into the presence of the Lord. We have hosted his presence. And now comes the word. I'm going to start with a prayer. Father, I come before you this hour. And I pause in your presence. I thank you for this moment in time that we're living in, Lord. That you have gathered your people together. But there are many still out there to come, Father. And I pray that in this day, this word that goes forth, Lord, will go forth in the power and might of your Holy Spirit. Your anointing is what breaks yoke of bondage, Lord. So I ask you, Lord, once again, touch my lips of clay. I decrease in your presence so that you be glorified in the midst of your people, Lord. I come against every distraction right now. I bind the spirit of lethargy, confusion, and I say that in the presence of the Lord, as pastor said, stay focused, stay awake, stay attentive, and we will be careful to give you the glory and the honor that you so deserve, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise be to the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise him. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Hallelujah. So today's title is Anchor. 
and the topic or the yeah it's anchored by hope amen first and foremost I want to say God bless you brothers and sisters welcome to all those who are watching online and for those who are who will be watching in the future replay it's certainly a great day to be in the house of the Lord for this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it amen so today we are starting a new four-week series called Anchor, and today's title is Anchored by Hope. As we begin our series, you should know it's built around a single Bible verse. Actually, you could sit down for now, sorry. <laughs> Found in Hebrews 6.19, which says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Actually, that's not even the entire verse. I know it sounds pretty ambitious to talk about one half of the Bible verse for the next four weeks, but this is the power of the Bible, the living word. It speaks to us in each and every season of our lives, every circumstance, suffering, and victory. The Bible is truly amazing, and I hope, I hope one of the things you take from our series is a renewed interest in scripture, amen? So getting back to anchors. An anchor is an amazing invention used by fishermen and sailors for hundreds if not thousands of years. The basic concept of an anchor is that it is a device normally made of metal used to secure a vessel to the bed of a body of water to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind or current. It's also noted that anchors are not made of cast iron, nor of every kind of metal that comes to hand, but they are made of wrought iron, strongly welded, and of touch, compact material, which will bear all the strain that is likely to come upon it at the worst of times. If anything in this world should be strong, it should be an anchor for upon it, safety and life depend on it. Amen? Amen. Here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. And us ladies on Zoom, we love Spar um, Charles Spurgeon, right? We love his quotes because he is deep. He is deep and deep calleth unto deep, amen? So it says, this world is like a sea, restless, unstable, dangerous, never at one stain. Human affairs may be compared to waves driven with the wind and tossed. As for ourselves, we are the ships which go upon the sea and are subject to its changes and motions. We are apt to be drift, drifted by currents, driven by winds, and tossed with tempests. We have not yet come to the true terra firma, the rest which remaineth for the people of God. God would not have us carried about with every wind, and therefore he has been pleased to fashion us as an anchor of hope, most sure and steadfast, so that we may outride the storm. An anchor is simple in its design, but very powerful in its function, amen? As believers, we are encouraged to remain steadfast and committed in our faith through every trial and storm that life may bring. We are anchored, if you will, in hope. And if you may have guessed, that hope is Jesus. So what is the specific hope the author of Hebrews is referring to in verse 619. Yes, of course, the answer is 
Jesus. It will always be Jesus. But why is the conclusion being drawn that we have this hope and not another one? To better understand what's going on in Hebrews 6.19, we really need to look at the section of verses that come before it and probably at some point read the first six chapters of Hebrews altogether. But for now, let's start in Hebrews 6, 13 through 17, and I'm going to ask that we stand, amen, for the reading of his word. So scripture reads from the NIV version, Hebrews 6, 13 through 17. God made a promise to Abraham, the father of the Hebrew nation. And since God couldn't swear on anything greater than himself, he simply said, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. You may be seated. Father, add a blessing to your word in Jesus' name. See, God made a promise to Abraham and he stayed true to his promise. In the book of Hebrews, we see three reliable sources. God's word, God's character, and God's son. God's word is infallible. And I'm reminded of the testimony of Jesus that he gave when he had prayed um, to the Father for his disciples, saying, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And this is found in John 17, 17. And in Mark 13, 31, while giving a lesson about the fig tree, he said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God's character. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he, does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? That is found in Numbers 23, 19. God's son, our savior, Jesus Christ, who is the most powerful and dependable anchor for our souls. I quote, see as an anchor goes down into the depth of the sea, we as believers have an anchor, which is Jesus Christ, who leads us upward, heaven bound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is a promise keeper. At the end of the day, he has kept every promise and fulfilled every prophecy up to this point. Obviously, there is still more to come, but up to this point, God has come through every single time. Amen. So in Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to have a midlife crisis or go on some crazy existential journey. He remains the same. And this is incredibly good news in a world that is constantly changing and moving. In Hebrews 6, 18 says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. So be encouraged today, brothers and sisters, especially those 
of you who fled from the sin and slavery of the world to take hold of Jesus. He is the hope, the specific hope that we have. He is firm and secure. He is an anchor for the soul. Hallelujah. It would be of no use for us to have an anchor, however good, unless we had a hold of it. The anchor may be sure and may have a steadfast grip, but there must be a strong cable, but I would say chain in this event, to connect to the anchor with the ship. We must personally lay hold of the hope, but we are bound to grasp it and hold it fast. As with an anchor, the, the chain must pass through the ring and so be bound to it. So must faith lay hold upon the hope of eternal life. And that was Charles Spurgeon. So here, as I was preparing the sermon, I didn't have an anchor or a cable or a chain. But what I did have was this, and I'll explain. I believe the Holy Spirit led me to this illustration. This here represents a three-strand cord rope, okay? This was an, an amazing symbolic piece in my wedding. So it has very special meaning to me and my husband. Each specific rope and the color presented represents the husband, the bride, and Jesus who holds our marriage together. For the sake of today's message, I like to think of this as a three-strand cord chain, okay? The Father represents God who keeps his promises and doesn't break an oath. The God of covenant. The bride who are the believers, the bride of Christ. Linked together forming the chain that is fastened through the ring as a wedding band symbolic of covenant. The husband, Jesus, who is the anchor for our soul, where as the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a three-strand cord chain, if you will, is not easily broken. Amen? Amen? See, Jesus is the anchor for our soul. And, as, and we as the body of believers must anchor ourselves to him like the links of the chain that pass through the ring and are fastened to the anchor. See, the anchor, which is Jesus, is only as effective in our lives as we remain steadfast, committed, and connected. Amen? Amen. To him. Amen? Hallelujah. With so much uncertainty in the world, turmoil, confusion, and division, it is, anyone, is it any wonder that our cities, cultures, are struggling with epidemic levels of anxiety, stress, depression, and suicidal thoughts? Friends, family, and neighbors are literally grasping for anything firm and secure to hold fast to. But everything they grab gives way. Hope wrongly applied will only leave us worse off than we, when we started. I'm gonna say that again. Hope wrongly applied will only leave us worse off than we started, amen? This reminds me of a story about Jesus walking on water. I will be reading from Matthew 14, 25-31. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. 
Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Here's a few things to learn from this passage. As scripture says, the disciples, the chosen ones, were gripped by fear seeing Jesus. They thought they saw a ghost. See, fear will obscure your vision and cause you to see things that are not there. We would, be, we would do well to guard our eye gate from deception. You see, Jesus knows we are human, and he was okay with Peter needing, to, needing him to confirm who he was. And just as Jesus bid Peter to come, he does so with us, inviting us to come, anchor ourselves to him, and see how we too will defy gravity, supernaturally that is, amen? So far it's all good. Peter got out of the boat, and yes, he walked on water. But scripture says, when he saw the wind. Now how can we see the wind? He began seeing the effects of the wind, and it produced fear. See, when you and I take our eyes off of Jesus, who is the, our anchor of hope, we too start going down fast. The very thing he was afraid of happened. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus, who is our anchor of hope, reached out his righteous right hand of deliverance and caught him. Praise be to the living God. Unfortunately, the same can be said of many today. COVID came, they couldn't see it. It's, I'm sorry, they couldn't see it in the natural, but the effects of it was disastrous. Now many have been gripped by fear and are sinking, no longer attending church, no longer connected to the body. You have drifted so far that you have been deceived in believing you are still anchored. You're not. Oh, but like Peter, if you take a moment and cry out, cry out to the Lord to save you. Jesus, who is the anchor for our soul, will immediately catch you and deliver you and rescue you once again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let hope rise again. Believe once again. Trust once again. Anchor yourself to him once again. See, doubt will cause you to panic and become unstable in your Christian walk. Like scripture says in Ephesians 4.14, like infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheme. If our hope is not in the person of Christ, then it is a faulty, fabricated hope. And you are in danger of living with a false sense of security. And in the times and days we are living in, one will be tempted to succumb to the spirit of hopelessness and despair. That is sweeping all over the nations even now as we speak. People are gripped by fear, anxiety, worry. That spirit of suicide is rampant. But we must anchor ourselves to Jesus. Do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. 
If you look down, you will drown. Oh, but fixing our eyes upon this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, we rest in him. Amen? As an anchor is simple in its design, but so very powerful in its function. So too Jesus, whom they knew as gentle, meek, and mild, yet possessed all power in his totality as 100% God and 100% man, is still the anchor of hope we so desperately need. Praise him. Praise him in this hour because he is our anchor of hope. See, brothers and sisters, as we keep hold to this hope, this, that anchor, I'm sorry, as we keep hold to this hope that is anchored in Christ alone, know this, he is holding us together. No matter the test, trial, temptations, depressions and afflictions, Jesus, who is the hope of glory, has anchored us secure in him. And nothing and no one will ever separate us from his love. Amen? That is worthy of praising the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, when the devil tempts you to draw back and give up, let him know we are not those who shrink back and perish. Amen? And as an anchor has to be facing the head of current in order to be secured and fastened, Jesus is the one who goes before us. And we as the chain links are to be drawn forward in lockstep with him. Just as Jesus commissioned the disciples to be fishers of men, may we, the body of Christ, be as Jesus, steadfast, immovable, firm, so that we do not become a stumbling block teaching others the way of doubt. But may we draw them out from the belly of the sea to be anchored to this hope. Hallelujah, hallelujah, who is Jesus, the hope of glory. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of honor. See, this is a, there is a rest that yet awaits us in the future. Jesus is the only way to that eternal rest. In this hour that we are living in, one cannot be so enticed by the pleasures and leisures of, this, of life cruising along. Being entertained by the sound and waves of worldliness music, eating, drinking, and becoming so intoxicated that you don't realize you have drifted so far and never secured yourself to this anchor. Now you're seasick with blurred vision and nearly incoherent. And the impact of the shipwreck can be life-threatening. SOS, man in distress, SOS. The time is urgent. The hour is now. We are to be anchored to Jesus because everything else is like sinking sand. It's no time to play games. It's time to fix our lives upon the rock, the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. Don't be deceived. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. And if you sow to the flesh, then from the flesh you shall Today, if you are a believer and find yourself on the verge of being shipwrecked, tighten your grip firmly to the anchor of your soul. Hold on! 
Hold on, for Jesus said you will get to the other side. Or maybe you have been drowning in a sea of doubt. Jesus is here to lift you out. Let this hope in Jesus anchor your faith once again. See, I stand as a witness in my walk with the Lord. I had faced many storms and waves of insecurity, doubt on the verge of hopelessness, and I found myself smacked in the middle of a storm three years backslidden and was drowning fast in the depths of despair. But when I cried out, when I cried out to the Lord, he firmly anchored my soul to himself. And I stand here before you today as a living testimony of one who is anchored by hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're most worthy of praise and honor, God. Deep calls to deep can be described, and I quote, the deep of man's need calls for the deep of God's fullness. And the deep of God's fullness calls to the deep of man's need. I'm reminded when David cried out to the Lord in his moment of fleeing from his own flesh and blood, his own son Absalom, and all his enemies, as he cried out, deep calls to deep, at the, war, at the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. Do you feel like the waves and breakers are sweeping over you, overwhelmed by trials one after another, family issues, inner turmoil, persecution, resentment, broken promises? His anchor is made ready for restoration and hope has come for you today. Do you find yourself in the belly of a large fish like Jonah, like death is crouching over you because of your own rebellion? Repent, confess your sin to God and cry out. There is still hope for you today for Jesus is your way of escape. Or if, if you feel as if you are having a Job moment where everything seems like it's been taken from you, I declare the test won't last forever. Your latter shall be greater than your former, for his anchor is made ready for you and hope is on its way. Or perhaps you find yourself filled with years of being infirm, sick, like the woman with the issue of blood, and have exhausted all remedies. Your physician is here. I said your physician is here. For hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a timely word has come for you today. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Body, mind, soul. I don't want to rush <laughs> because the urgency of the hour is dire. We're walking in ways that seem right for men, but at the end, we will be struggling. And it's not time to play church. 
these four walls is not it. It's my life anchor to the one, the only one, Jesus Christ. See, everything that's done in secret is going to come to light. You're not being deceived. Don't mock him. Don't mock him. He's not your buddy. He's not a-okay with the things that we continue to do in darkness because he called us into his light. And we are to be the light in the world. Shine your light. Shine our light because the time is now. Or do you find yourself filled with doubt, like doubting Thomas? There's hope for you too. As Jesus says to you, come touch. Now learn what it means to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, which is happy, is the man that trusts in the Lord. For trust is a must. I speak peace to every anxious, fearful, distressed heart here today. Jesus wants to quiet you with his love. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can't find rest anywhere else but in the Lord. to ask that we all get out of our seats. And I'm going to ask if we can make one circle around the sanctuary and that we lock arms. Don't hold hands. Lock arms. As a chain with one another as a prophetic demonstration of the body of CCF being unified in lockstep with each other and anchored in Christ. Once again, this is going to be a prophetic demonstration. Hallelujah. Of the body of CCF being unified in lockstep with each other and anchored in Christ. I ask at this moment that we take a moment and slow down and search ourselves and see in what or who have we put our trust in other than Christ. It's time to recommit today to the anchor to anchor ourselves in faith to him who is our secured hope to an eternal life with the Father. Let us take a moment and search ourselves. Father, we come before you this hour. And first and foremost, we say, Lord, 
forgive us. Forgive us when we have sinned against you and have strayed away. When we ran after other lovers, idols, worshiping things that are never going to last. You're the only one worthy of all the glory and the honor, Lord. It is unto you and you alone that we are to bow and worship. We repent from having loving ourselves and the pleasures of this world. We repent now, Lord, for putting our trust in man when man is but a breath. Today, Jesus, as a body here, Lord, that you have called upon to be an influencer to the rest of the world, Lord, how can we go out and impact the world when we're still sinning? When we're still walking in the ways of the world? When we're tapping into things that are not of the Lord? And when the Lord speaks, it's never to shame anyone, but it's to bring you out of darkness into his light. Because he's coming soon. And the bride is to make herself ready. Jesus, you are the true lover of our soul. And today as a body, as we are anchored together, we follow you. We hold on to you. You are our living hope. And I pray today, Father, that as we are at one body today, we're united. That we would lift each other up and not break each other down, Lord. Let us take the speck out of our own eyes before we look to anyone else. If we see someone hurting, that we would be there to lift them up. Someone in need, that we would give them what we have, Lord. Because your word says freely we have been given, freely give now. So Lord, I thank you in this hour that you have put us together. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to sing this song over you all. In stillness and in quiet, I can hear your voice louder than the storm, louder than the wind. But in the of your presence where doubt and fear come crashing like the wave as I drift away oh but there's a river flowing deep within 
Today is your day to receive Jesus, the hope of glory, as Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask that you repeat this prayer with me. God, I admit I have been the captain of my own ship and have made a mess of my life. I am tired and weary of the storm and need you to anchor me in once again. 
and once and for all. I am a sinner in need of the Savior. I repent of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Today, I choose to anchor my hope in you. Amen? If you have made Jesus the Lord and Savior over your life, would you call the church office at 718-829-5306 so we can send you resources to help start your new journey. I conclude here trusting that we will this week take time and consider our ways and allow the Lord to do what only he can do in each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. you consider Jesus said put him first with the kingdom of God and his righteousness so what minister Jeanette was sharing is that that part of righteousness which has to do with us when we come to Jesus he cleanses us he declares us righteous but from that moment forward we have to now start to realign our lives because part of righteousness is right actions what would I do now knowing that I'm walking with Almighty God, how would I respond? Now that I know Holy Spirit's in me, how would I talk? I'll start changing my talk. I'll start changing my reactions. And when I blow it, I'll immediately go to God and say, God, forgive me. That's not my nature anymore. Give me strength to be able to overcome this. See, you're born in the kingdom, but now you have to start to change your ways. You know, you go on a new job, Right? They give you what, a policy? How to behave in the context of the company, right? right? What are things you can do? What are things you can't do? Right. If you go in there and play the fool, you're not going to be, you know, a citizen of that job too, too much longer, right? That's right. That's right? As a citizen of the United States, we also have policies. Yes. There's some actions that we take. If I just go in and rob everybody's house just because I want some extra money, very soon I'll land in jail. See, there are behaviors and norms that belong to each kingdom. Yes. And if you move to UK, you have to learn their ways. Yes, you if, you learn to, if you move to Japan, you have to learn their ways because mm -hmm. you now belong to that kingdom. Right. So now we belong to the kingdom of God. Come on, come on. So part of our hope is knowing that he loves us, he forgives us, but also knowing that he strengthens us to be able to start to shift and change and walk righteous, walk righteously. And when the world sees you, they'll see your righteous actions. And they'll see Jesus reflected in you. Amen? Just thank God once again for that message. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all stand. Let me dismiss you now so you could continue your righteous actions back home in community. Some of you are going to fellowship with friends. You know, before your friends used to see you a certain way and now you're different. When I got saved, my friends saw it. They would say, oh, you just there for all the girls. <laughs> I said, no, I truly came to Jesus. 
And after a while, you know something? Most of my friends left me. Because they could not, or maybe I couldn't, I did not belong to that anymore. I didn't feel like I belonged to that nature anymore. So little by little, we parted ways. So what I lost there, I gained in the kingdom. Amen. I have beautiful friends and family, colleagues in the kingdom. Praise God. So Father, this moment we thank you. We bless your holy, holy, holy name. Thank you for the hope that you give us in your word. Thank you for strengthening us today in your word, Lord God, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So our faith has been increased. It has been comforted. It has been, uh, Lord, strengthened today. So we praise you for that. I pray for those that are here and those that are in the virtual sanctuary. I pray your blessing upon them as they gather together with their friends, their families, and they fellowship, Lord God. I just pray that your anointing would flow mightily through them. I pray your presence upon each home represented here. Let your presence reign supreme in the home, my God, in their spirit man, in their relationships. Oh, presence of God, we welcome you in our lives. You are first. We love you, my God. We bless your holy, holy, holy name. And as we dismiss from this place, we thank you that your presence goes with us. Your angels encamp round about us and guard us and keep us in all our ways. So we thank you for that. So we dismiss from this place, but not from your presence. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Remember, you are a blessing. And this year, 2023, determined to be that blessing among your family and friends. God bless you.